0: Do-do-do-do-do, cue intro music.
1: Welcome back to Sorry We're Open. I'm Lindsay, and I'm Jess, and here we are. Why are you still here? Actually, I know exactly
0: why you're still here, we're funny.
1: Welcome back to Sorry We're Open. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Jess.
0: And this is episode two.
1: Wow, that that was a beautiful singing voice, Lindsay.
0: <clears throat> Thank you. I've been told by many a people that I'm really good at singing. Thank you.
1: You maybe should have, you know, pursued a career. You think? Who Who needs finance? You could just become
0: a singer. That's true. I could be like the next, I don't know, Taylor Swift. No, she's... Jess's face is like, you what know, Lindsay, are you smoking?"
1: <laughs> Lindsay, I think now that you've gone viral on TikTok one time, you have, <laughs> you, and by you I mean me. Lindsay's um my manager for my content creator, um persona because I went viral on TikTok.
0: She did it, God. Twenty plus thousand likes and almost one hundred and ten thousand views. So
1: yes, a hundred and ten thousand people have seen me at brunch.
0: Yeah, basically, she's just bodying a margarita at brunch, and she went viral. So,
1: yeah. So Lindsay, I think this is a perfect platform for you, to, for you to become a TikTok singer. Okay, you've okay, convinced great. me. <laughs> so stay tuned, guys. Lindsay's gonna put out an album. It's gonna rival, um, what's her name? Who was the TikTok singer? Charlie D'Amelio, I think so.
0: I don't know anything about TikTok. Um, I really don't.
1: We should ask Olivia. I feel like she's our re- resident TikTok. Yeah, knower.
0: I don't know. I know Dixie. Dixie's a name that I've
1: heard. Is she the singer? I, I think Dixie D'Amelio is the singer, not Charlie D'Amelio. Okay. But I couldn't be sure. <laughs> Anywho, so uh, Lindsay's gonna start a singing career. Um, that's about that. Um, and that's a good. That's a good segue because we do talk about. Music in this we next. We do. Time. We do not talk about Lindsay's music career, but we do no. talk about music. Right. So not uh, my music
0: career, but no. no. Yeah. No, no. 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 I mean, I could have one though. We've decided so. Yeah. Maybe
1: by the end of the episode, we'll have convinced Lindsay to you know start a music career. So uh, stay okay, tuned.
0: Well, yeah, I was gonna say stay tuned. You can hear me sing. DM me, what you want me to sing next time. I'm linking okay. aggressively. Obviously, you can't see me, but.
1: <laughs> All right. So next, we have our guest segment guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Jackson. Um, I am 23. And today I brought the topic of music, uh, specifically music consumption, uh, music perception, and then also music creation, and just sort of talking about uh, the ways in which systems Society at large and whatever kind of influences the way people feel they have to or should interact with all three of those uh, ways of dealing with music, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. That's like right up my alley. And oh. Jess already told told me that me and Jackson would probably get along. So I feel like this is going to be a good episode, but yeah, I don't want to jinx good.
2: it. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. So for some
1: background for everyone, Jackson and I went to high school together.
2: Long live ping. Live, um, live long ping. Yep.
1: <laughs> long time ago, Jackson, uh, Jackson, I remembered in my brain blast that we went to our Sadie Hawkins dance together freshman yes, year. Did. did you really? Oh, sure we, we did. did
2: snowball what a time snowball so back old. in the
1: day i oh my gosh maybe i'll try to find a picture um that's
2: amazing oh, yeah. yes
1: a very long when we were like 14 so Ugh. oh God, that was 10 years ago guys
2: thanks for that no thank you for that <laughs> Chris. <Sorry.
1: laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was funny because when you i was jackson was a, a loyal listener to the podcast back when we were in college and so when we were starting up again i was like i wonder if he'll come on
2: I appreciate it. I'm really excited. I like to nerd out about things. And this feels like a fun place to nerd out about stuff. So I'm really looking forward to just chatting about music.
1: All right. Yes. So why tell me why you picked this this topic.
2: Um, so. I so I, I make music which is, this is not, this is not a self-plug, so I'm not going to it. It sounds like a plug, Jackson. It sounds like a plug. Drop your SoundCloud in the link below. (laughs) Absolutely not. I refuse. (laughs) Um, I do make music, and I won't say the music that I make, or, like, the name that I go by, but I make music. My sister is a classical pianist. She now is, or by training, and now she's a music therapist. A lot of music in the house growing up, and a big part of my journey in life was coming to appreciate the music that I appreciate in public and feeling confident in it without having to validate it or couch it in academia or intellectual analysis or interaction or anything like that and I'm just really passionate about people listening to stuff that they enjoy and I'm also really passionate about being intentional in any and everything that we would do and I think music is is really prevalent obviously it's everyone listens to it, not everyone, but a lot of people listen to it, and it has a lot of capacity to help, and also a lot of capacity to harm, um, which are some things that I kind of wanted to talk about today, and so I just am very passionate about this form of art, and the way that it reflects and affects society.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was was so well said. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I think we could just end the podcast there. Um. (laughs) Um, So
1: I guess we can definitely start with your music. So like what, how is it like developing your own music style? Like that journey of, of like creation for you?
2: Um, so it is challenging. Um, the first album that I put out, well actually the first two albums, all the music that I've put out so far really is therapeutic. Um, and so m- pretty much all of the things that I talk about in it are me working through a lot of different things in my life, a lot of therapeutic things in my life. Um, and so to that end, the point that I'm in at any musical stage is often dependent on where I am emotionally. Um, so yeah, it makes it kind of hard for me to change my music style at any given point because I create, I started off so intentionally related to my like persona and my well-being. If I ever do something different than I normally have, I like sit for a while and sort of quiz myself about whether or not I feel like this is fair. Like, do I have a right to do this? Am I really in the space? Am I just pulling off of common themes that I feel like would you know sound cool? Um, Is there a reason for this? Does this fit into the larger narrative that I'm working on? This and the next thing. Um, And yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's really dependent off of how I'm feeling at that point in time, where I am. What I've been talking about in therapy. If I'm in a period of time where I'm like going to therapy regularly for sort of like emotional maintenance stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Both nodding our heads. We, we love, love
2: therapy. Therapy is huge. I was raised in a family full of therapists. My mother is. Wow. She got her doctorate in child psychology, um, which is cool, but also tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I <can imagine. laughs> I remember one day I was, I was like sitting somewhere and I was like, mom. Did you used to? Did you used to hypnotize me to like put me to sleep? And she was like, "What are you, are you talking about, son?" I was like, "That thing you used to do that I do to myself now to like calm myself down is that like that like hypnosis?" And she was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> that's sort of like a fun thing, but it also was really great. I mean, I got really used to silences and processing and all those sorts of things. So yeah, I'm a very mm-hmm. big advocate of, of yes, this, so.
0: right. Okay, so then it sounds like from oh god words are so difficult for me yeah. today anyway it's been a long day but it, it sounds like that so you're you take what you feel exactly at that moment and put it into music
2: yeah i try my i try so i take how i have felt and put it into music okay. um mostly because i'm really i think it's i think an artist has a lot of responsibility to the music they put out and If you are to put out, it is my opinion that if I were to put out music that is representative of unprocessed or raw emotions, then I have like a supreme duty to make sure that the music I'm putting out is very clear about that being the type of emotion that I'm putting out. And just right now where I am in my writing process and the, you know, mental bandwidth that I have, I don't know that I feel as though I am able to do that well. So I often put out processed thoughts. Um, and I wait until it's actually not even intentional. It just often is the case that I'm unable to finish a project until I've processed the emotions that are driving that project in particular.
1: That is beyond interesting. Because I I when I was like reflecting on so I don't I don't make music. I'm not talented <laughs> in that variety in any way, but just I I've in the last year really spent a lot of time processing emotion mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. And one of those ways is like writing with like out judgment and then ripping it up and throwing that's thank thank you my therapist um and throwing it out so that's like it's interesting because for me i feel like the therapy happens like when i'm processing Mm -hmm. and so like for me i I think it would be i would maybe benefit from process i think it's really interesting that you're having this it's for you but you're being so conscientious about who's going to listen to it
2: Mm -hmm
0: that economy is very interesting. Yeah. Do you often think about the impact that your music has on your listeners?
2: Um, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm so vain as to be like, how's this impacting my listeners? <laughs> I, you know, the people who listen to my music, like, went to the school I went to, and, like, they're the parents of the people who went to the school I went to. Um, but, you know, when I first started making music, I, my mom knew that I was really into the music that I make, and I promised her very early on um, that I would only ever use explicit language if there was like an intentional reason for it. Um, And that relates to a lot of other things, but very early on, it made it, it impressed upon me that regardless of how many people listen to my music, I don't want there ever to be a point where someone listens to a song and they're like, this does not seem to jive with the image of Jackson that I know like on a day-to-day basis. Um, And so that's kind of why I'm pretty intentional about it. I mean, there are a lot of things that I talk about in some of my music that, that I would say there are a lot of things that I allude to, um, mostly just because, like, I, again, I don't really feel that I'm there yet to be able to handle it well in a song. So that's why I'm extra careful about it because the last thing I want to do is to allude to something very haphazardly and then send the image that I, Jackson, am very casual about whatever that topic is. And I'm, And I say that because a a big part of the name that I chosen for myself was to make sure that it could be me or I could be that name at any given points. I don't really try to separate the music from myself. Um, so yeah.
0: Right. You don't really have like an alter ego. Yeah. Musically. Okay. Interesting. Sorry. I'm just like reflecting.
1: I think it's (laughs) like, I just, I think that's really interesting because I think in our current like state of like what's like not I'm not gonna tell you you're a celebrity sorry we're not there yet but like you know like that um like when I think about celebrities and like big name artists who put on these like huge performances in my brain I'm like there's no way that's who they are inside like and so to hear that you're using music in such like a unique and different way is like like, I guess, like, could you talk about, like, and if you're comfortable talking about, like, one of your projects that, like, maybe, like, uh, help us understand what that process looks like to kind of, like, write yeah. something?
2: Absolutely. Um, well, unfortunately, this will make it so that now my music is searchable, which was not my original thing. But um, I will – I guess I'll talk about – Maybe you'll get a lot of new followers. I suppose. But that's not really the point of this. Um, I guess I can talk about um, – I'm going to talk about the first album I wrote, which is called Pantheon. Um, And Pantheon is my first attempt at being like an artist. And so it is very heavy handed and I appreciate it and I enjoy it and I'm proud of it. But it is, you know, it's a first entry. Um, It's a concept album and it follows a person over the course of a therapy session, yada, yada. Um, And basically the way that I write music is... I pick a title, so I have like a, a note on my phone that has just a bunch of phrases that I kind of really like, and then I'm like, okay, this is the title that feels, you know, indicative of where I am emotionally right now, and then I sit down and I'm like, what is the story that goes along with this title? What are all of the things that need to be said to accurately tell this story? Um, and then I go from there, and so Pantheon. Um, It's called that because it's like a pantheon of gods or whatever. Like I said, it's very heavy handed. Um, And so all of the names of the songs, except for like three skits, are names of Greek or Roman deities, whatever, that represent the main driving emotion of that song in particular. So it is a pantheon of these gods, these personalities in my head in this therapy session. Um, And the way I went into building that project was I like had to sit and I was like, I am past this point emotionally. I'm past this point in my process. What is true to how I actually felt in this, what needs to be done to make sure that I'm taking all the steps to say that the least healthy portions of this process, I right now I'm saying are unhealthy and I'm not promoting. Um, How can I bring that across in the lyrics? How can I bring that across in the editing? Um, how can I bring that across in the positioning of the album because the album is very much like surface level stupid stuff and then deeper raw very unprocessed often very unhealthy lines of reasoning and emotional feelings and stuff and then catharsis to an extent at the end Um, and there are a lot of things that I do in like the editing to suggest that i'm of two minds on something or to suggest that a a statement put out is you know not good is actively very bad it is something that like a bad voice would say and then the flow of it is meant to bring you from like a start point to an end point that feels natural to how people just how i kind of process emotions in general and that's pretty much for longer projects the same i use that process every time just to make sure that i'm able to be honest to the reality of it so that i'm not oversimplifying complex feelings but also not spending too much time dwelling on the unhealthier portions um, and being honest to the end result so it doesn't seem like everything is sort of like wrapping a bow type john
0: right oh this is so interesting and like there's so much to like unpack there because i think it's all so interesting and i guess one thing that stuck out to me and this is not i guess necessarily as Deep, I'm just I'm curious about your songwriting process because you said that you Have all these titles and like a note in your phone and then you kind of pick a title as like how you're feeling now and then you Write a song when in what when I feel like I don't know too many other artists But I just I, I know a couple people who you know write the song first and then the title just comes to them Yeah, and I, I wanted to know if you could like speak to that a little bit. I'm just curious
2: Yeah, um I think it's really just sort of a a per—that's not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. When I started making my music, I was very intentional about— So I started writing music when I was 11 and then didn't actually start putting out music until I was 19 or 20. I forget the exact year. And for a while I was very intentional about not really telling people about it and about like keeping it on the down low or just sort of like alluding to it and things like that. So when I finally started putting out music, I wanted to make sure that everything I did was representative of that path. And also, you know, I, like I have a bunch of songs that are like kind of whatever songs. Like, party in the USA type thing. (laughs) But um, for the most part, I really like to. I don't know, music has been an outlet for me. And Mm so, to that end, whenever I write, it is often because I need to put something out. And so, the name and the title kind of just like go together. It's sort of like a chicken egg thing. Um, And that's it for me personally. It's not like a commentary on everyone else, it's just how it was for me.
0: Yeah. Very
1: cool. I guess because this is, like, such a personal experience for you, or it, mm. I don't want to put more in your mouth. It sounds like it's a personal experience for you. How does mm. – I mean, I don't know if you've had criticism, but mm. if you've had – has that had an impact on you because this is, like, written about, like, your own emotion? Like, do you – is that difficult to deal with?
2: Um – So, you know, and I don't even believe this is actually the reality of things. No one has really been like, oh, I didn't like that, which is (laughs) lame, which is lame. I would like for someone to say, oh, I didn't like that. Um, Well, actually, that's not true. People will talk about, like, I can sort of understand what people mean because they don't want to be mean because they, like, know me personally. Um, I think the criticism that I have gotten, like, the implicit criticism that I have gotten is that, like, sometimes it's a little heavy-handed. Sometimes the editing choices are a little bit odd. Um, sometimes it's just sort of like, man, why are you talking about that? Can't we just like be in the club for a minute? Um, and those are all totally valid criticisms. I think the thing that makes it easier for me is that, like, this is those are just the feelings that I have. Like, what are you gonna do? Tell me the feelings I have are dumb? Like, no. Right. And if you do tell me that, that's a (laughs) reflection on you. Like, I don't really have to deal with that. Um, And so because I'm not really putting out music where I'm like, oh, I think this sounds hot. And someone's like, that is trash. It isn't really a reflection on like my musical opinions or like my ability to correctly assess music. It's just sort of like that song wasn't it for me. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Because people do like enough times people have really liked songs that I didn't expect people to like at all that. I feel confident saying that, you know, even if this emotion that I'm talking about right now or this experience I'm talking about is not what everyone wants to hear about. I am talking about experiences in a way that feel kind of good, I guess. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I think we're the same, same. I mean, I, it seemed like, I think this, me and Lindsay say it all the time that like we went back to the podcast because like I need a place to put like my passion and my creativity. Right. Um, and I think it's like so healthy to have a way to like process your own emotions Especially in the last very yeah. tumultuous year of our lives, Absolutely. like Absolutely. to have a place to I never would have called myself creative, and I think a podcast and versus writing music is two different kinds of creative oh hush,
2: podcasts are creative <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think that it's been it is I never have called it therapeutic before, but now just hearing you talk about your musical process, I'm thinking it is it does create a a space
2: to. It is, it's is—it's art. I don't know if podcasting yeah. is art, but... It's art. Say it with your chest. It's art. It,
1: I mean, it. I guess it is art. And I like... So when I think about... So like to kind of spread out further into music in general, um, when I think... You wrote like a lot of good stuff to us ahead of time. And so when you think about music, like... Mm-hmm. It, if music is art and, you know, art is this big passion, creativity thing... Right. Is there a place where music can go too far, where that you can push a boundary? It, I mean, where and like for you, where does that boundary lie?
2: Right. Um, so. Short answer, yes, I do think art can push a boundary. Absolutely. And it is my personal opinion that people who do not think art can push a boundary are perhaps ever so slightly immature as to, you know, how the world works and like how emotions function. Like let's not be children here. You can't just say something and be like, "Well, it wasn't my fault." Um and so I think <clears throat> excuse me. I think a really good example of that is Eminem. Um I actually think he's a perfect example of that. Because I think Eminem I think Eminem actually acknowledged that but for whatever reason couldn't take the next step further. Um And for people who do not know, Eminem has a very famous song called Stan. I would be surprised if you don't know it in our age because I feel like everyone knows Stan. Stan, first of all, it's like a term now. Um, And truly, it's interesting because so many people who hate Eminem in the rap community and just kind of like in general know the song Stan. But anyways, Stan you know, is a song where he is acknowledging the fact that his music very well could inspire like a whole host of terrible terrible people um and me saying terrible terrible people is absolutely a shorthand reductionist way of describing societal things so i don't mean (laughs) to suggest that there are goods and bads but in any event um yeah I, i think it can go too far i mean slim shady lp marshall mathers lp very clearly a man reconciling with a lot of physical emotional and i'm unsure but i think also sexual trauma by the hands of like his mom the people in his life his wife like clearly this man is is hurt you know which is but at the same time he's saying horrific things like truly abominable things just sort of like rhymes cool on a nice beat call it a day and you know i think you could make the argument i think an individual might make the argument that it's like people understand what these things mean and they understand that he's just processing and they don't Take it too far. But then, you know, X many years later, Eminem has the Relapse album and you have a bunch of 13-year-old boys quoting the songs to Love the Way You Lie. You know, it, it, like, just like out and about on the, on the playground singing horrific deeds just because they're like, well, this is fun. It's an Eminem, song. whatever. Like, what's going on? Um, and I think, yeah, it absolutely can go too far just like you would never put a therapy session out into the the internet way waves and say like this is me processing like there's there's a lot of reasons why there's a lot of confidentiality in a therapy session because sometimes an individual is unable to process their emotions in a way that is accurate to how they feel and also within the bounds of things that are okay to do and they need to like sometimes people need to be in a space where they say things knowing that that's not okay. That's not what they actually mean. They just need to work through it. That is therapy. That is a therapy session. That is not an album that goes platinum. Right. Personal opinion. Yeah.
0: No. And I, and I agree with that. And then, you know, that's, I I think that almost equates to like using Twitter as a diary. Like it's kind of any, any platform that you have to like put out these unprocessed raw emotions that like you're going through yourself. And so I think that you make a very good point about music having those kinds of boundaries where is it really okay that, you know, an artist is putting out this music? And, right. like, does the onus fall on the artist for putting it out? Or, like, do parents need to censor what their kids listen to? Like, I, I, you know, I think it's such a double-sided coin in that sense because, like, act not actual art like art right. physical art yeah. <laughs> on paper i don't like everything is an art form like physical art on paper like i i guess that's another thing that could potentially go too far but like right well i think like in, like where's the line i i think i think it's so nuanced that well i
1: mean two two fold lens when i th- when i think about like art on on paper that could go too far i think a lot about photography yeah. like in a lot of situations and you know, when tragedy occurs, some of the photography is is really traumatic. Yeah. Um, And is that too far? Because, I mean, from a journalistic point of view, you might say, no, I'm documenting exactly what's happening. Right. But you have no idea how someone else who's viewing that on Yahoo News is going to consume that. And I right. think, Jackson, you make up – Eminem is an incredible example and arguably maybe the best example that I could have come <laughs> up with because, like – I mean, when when his albums came out, I we were probably like when I first listened to them, I was probably in middle school. Right, I was twelve. Yeah, and I still to this day could probably quote a lot of lyrics from like the big hit songs. And I remember very vivid, like when I talk about like every once in a while, I'll give Eminem like a good listen through, and I'll just like go through that middle school playlist of Eminem hits. Yeah, but you know, thinking about. Some of, like, you're right. Some of those, I mean, it's heinous. Heinous.
2: Absolutely heinous. It's iconic. And,
1: and he says, you know, it's probably, I, I mean, it is for sure everything, against everything I believe about, yeah. you know. And so, but have we accepted music mainstreamly as just this, like, fun thing we listen to? Like, like, now I'm reflecting, I'm like, wow, I've really internalized a lot of things maybe. I'm an M said and I didn't even know it. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, because, I, I, I'm sorry, like, like Jackson was saying, like, I was definitely singing, you know, Love the Way You Lie, like, I didn't know what it meant, and then you look back at it, you're like, well, do I, though? Right. You know, so,
2: it's, <sighs> it's tough, but it's also, like, listen, we were 13. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody, I don't think any of us are to blame for listening, like, we were 13, we were kids, Lord have mercy, you know, our brains weren't done, function like, for me, like, That, I don't, like, I don't think that's on us. I think, and to your point, Lindsay, about like, where is the line? Like, I don't know that it's a question about where the line is. I think it's a question about like, when does reflection happen? Because Mm -hmm. it's totally understandable that someone might say like, this is just me processing. Like, this is just me putting out a thought or like, just like you said, like, this is me reflecting or this is me documenting a tragedy that happened. And if people are like, yo, that's, that is messed up. Please put that away. Someone should be like, "Oh my gosh, yes, that was wrong of me. Let me retract all of it." But Eminem i Eminem like quadrupled down. Every successive album was like, "Actually, no, this is not the end. This is just the beginning." You know, like he could, like he could have just been like, "Okay, that's a fair point. I'm sorry. Like, I'll stop." And I think, I think that's more fair because I mean, you can't expect everyone to be perfectly, you know, emotionally processed in every way. That's like ridiculous and unfair. Mm-hmm. And you can't, like, people come from different walks of life, so you can't expect everyone to have the same understanding of what is okay in some spaces or what will trigger some people in some spaces. But, like, what you can expect people to do is listen to fair emotional responses and respond in kind and maturely and be like, okay, let me stop doing that is kind of, I guess, what I would say.
1: So I I was curious if Stand by Eminem is on mainstream, like, platforms, and it is. I could listen to it right now on
2: Spotify. Stan is, Stan is, I mean, Stan is unique though, because I think it is the one song that is honest about that fact. Like I don't know of another artist who puts out problematic stuff. And so truly and earnestly investigates the, you know, the repercussions of their music. I will give Eminem that. I think Stan is like a beacon relatively it is a relative beacon of like honesty but yeah it's everywhere people know stand up and down the wazoo it's crazy so do you think if if this music has the ability to impact
1: like having a further impact than just like it meeting your ears and leaving like Mm -hmm. because then i'm like all right so what so what do we do what do we do about it i'm like we have we already have Ooh. the the really nice explicit warning, but I, I right. I've I, that never stopped me at right you know in on my my purple iPod Nano back in the day like wow, when my when my father was like screening the music and he told me that I couldn't have um, I couldn't have explicit songs either I couldn't have Love Game by Lady Gaga that was what drew the line for you know. that's
2: criminal because Lady Gaga is is a staple in music right that's
1: and I was <laughs> Dirtbag by Wides
2: <Weedis>. absolutely
1: <laughs> but like. So, do we censor it? Do we require some kind of warning on it? Like, but like, do we? Or just, is that? Or do we
0: just leave it? Or do like we let the artists kind of handle it?
2: I feel from, like the artist should handle it. No, like, shouldn't we be in a society where we can say, "Hey, man, that's not okay." Someone's like, "Yeah, yeah," and that's it. That's the and we conversation. do not
1: live in that society at all.
2: We. You're can- right.
1: People can't even like own the comments they make publicly. They're like, "No, I didn't. I didn't mean to be racist." And I'm like, "Okay, but you were racist." And I feel like it's the same. Like the artists are like, "Well, I wasn't meaning to talk about domestic violence."
2: It's like, (laughs) right? But
0: well, I I guess I I guess I feel like on the other side of the coin. I guess I, I guess Eminem doesn't exactly portray it in a in a positive light. But I'm just trying to think of like the people who resonate with these unprocessed raw emotions that these artists are singing about that may not necessarily be the most positive or healthy way, but like they resonate exactly with them. And so I like, I want to know if it helps like them process their own emotions or like, I don't know if it just kind of, obviously it's a, it's a personal experience. Like listening to music is such a personal experience sometimes. And obviously it can be very, um, cultural and, but I don't know. I have so many thoughts about this and so I can't even get like a coherent thought across because like I'm I'm trying to ask one question and then my mind keeps going to another one. But I guess it's like if if people are actually relating to music mm. that most that most people say is like hey, don't do this. Right. Can they like
2: Right, can you get rid of it? Yeah. I mean so, like so, no is what I will say. I think it is different though, because in the in the case of so, there's two things. I'm also having issue saying all the things I want to say at once. Yeah. In the case <laughs> in the case of Eminem, it's like in some of the stuff he's talking about, it would be the equivalent of like a slave owner being like, "Oh man, when I had slaves, it was terrible. I feel so awful." Like oh my goodness and it's like yeah okay thanks for reminding us but like really the one to be saying that right now and I'm talking more about the stuff about like him being angry at women like people are be are able to be angry at people that's the thing that's okay but what you cannot be doing is putting like gendered and historically oppressive insults at like all women because one woman in particular like hurt your feelings and I don't mean to be reductionist because it sounds as though she did a lot of things to him that being said i think he really tipped the scales um so that's what i'll say about that and so like to that end like sure people can talk about things but he should not be the one talking about some of that stuff and i think to the other end you know artists have like a and r people who let them know like this sounds catchy or like this sounds cool like this is this is the right theme like this is the producer to be working with I mean, this is particularly idealistic and naive of me to say. I, I don't think, I think there should be people in these positions who are like, King, no, don't be saying that. Like, don't, like, you're not in a place to talk about that. Or like, this isn't your place to talk about that. Like, maybe let's, let's hit up a therapy session before we talk about <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I guess that's a very naive way of looking at it. But I guess to your other point about another thing I want to mention is there are artists who are really doing great work. Like, my partner really loves Cupcake. Um, she's a huge fan of cupcake um, and I have not listened to that much cupcake myself um, but my partner has told me that a lot of the stuff that she talks about is you know sexual for the sake of let me, let me rephrase that she talks a lot about sex for the sake of one like you know reclaiming feminine sexuality mm-hmm. but also my understanding is to process through a lot of trauma around sexual pain and sexual trauma and have heard great things about that being really empowering and supportive but that is someone who is like this is like I have experienced this on the bad end of it so I am in a place to talk about it. I'm in a place to process it Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I just don't think that artists like Eminem are really they're not he's saying he's saying stuff as the oppressor and I'm not even saying like you have to out your trauma I just mean yeah, let's be intelligent. Let's be smart about what we're talking about to the artists, to be clear. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I didn't really know any of the backstory of Cupcake. I, my friends found her music freshman year, and we thought that she was just being outrageous and talking about sex for the sake of it mm-hmm. to like make a hit and to get people talking about it because like the songs are a little bit outrageous. So I, I think it's interesting, like, do you need to know the backstory of an artist to, like, fully understand why they're putting out the music that they put out? You know, I think I think that's an interesting concept, too. Like, because we got your whole backstory, but, like, would we understand that, like, just listening to Pantheon right. without having known you?
2: I mean, I think you have a right to ask. I mean, yeah. you would never you would never walk into, like, a lecture and just be taught by someone without them proving to you that they deserve to be talking about this Mm -hmm. content you know
1: i also think that that sex sells in america and i i had a um i did a classic thing where you accidentally start a fight at thanksgiving two years ago okay accidentally Uh, on purpose jessica um, okay, I just said one thing, and it really just spiraled. Anywho, but it was because it was Cardi B was on the TV. Right. And someone made a comment about, like, how they thought what she was – she was, like, on a TV in, like, some fun outfit on, yeah. like, a car singing one of her hits that uh, – of right. Cardi says some, some wild things sometimes. And mm. someone at Thanksgiving dinner was like, I think she's, like, a horrible role model in something else. And I remember being like, well, sex sells in America – and she's making millions. We've right. created an industry where sex sells. Like like when J-Lo and Shakira performed at the halftime show, mm-hmm. like sex sells in America. So, And you know what? Like people are making so much money off of it. Like to me, it's like, why not embrace it? Why mm-hmm. not embrace that sexuality, that feminine sexuality that sells in America?
2: Right. No, absolutely. That's a totally fair point. I mean, it's like, People point the finger as if they are not, you know, complicit in the thing that they don't like. People (laughs) like to put things off and blame it on other things. But, you know, we all live in one society.
1: Yeah. And I think that when I'm now thinking back to about, I, I have an 11 hours, um, sad playlist. Like it's 11. It's called feels if you ever want it all your way. Um, (laughs) but it's 11, it's 11 hours. It's a lot of sad. It's a lot of sad, but <laughs> a <lot> of crying. <laughs> I also, I also use it to sleep sometimes, but okay, fair essentially enough. it's, it's, I've found, especially within the last year of my life where I've done a lot of work on healing myself, that other people say the thing I, I like feel they put right. it in words that I can listen to. And I yeah. find that so comforting. Right. So that, so then I'm like, we can't really censor it because someone could need that. Like, right. If they, if they took, like, Taylor Swift's happiness off of my feels playlist, I would not be able to, like, have that is, comfort.
2: Is that a song? Is that a song by Taylor Swift called Happiness?
1: Oh, yes, it's a good one. You, and it's you, a
2: sad song? Like it's that's a sad ironic. song. Uh, it, it's, wow. That's pretty deep. <laughs> I can't believe – are you not – you don't even uh, – Listen, I, I'm, I'm not, like, anti-Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm a little anti-Taylor Swift because she fully lied on Kanye's name. But okay,
1: yeah, I, I could feel that heat. That that whole beef is a lot.
2: That was dirty. But outside of that, I'm like, listen, I I recently got into Phoebe Bridges. Like I don't I don't I like Phoebe I Bridges. love music that is good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's just cool. I just haven't really like Evermore, Forevermore. <laughs> I know there's a third one. <laughs> like I'm down, Plus I'm, now, down you're good. <laughs> I'm down for the cause. I'm down for the cause. I listened to a couple of songs and they're cool. I just didn't know happiness, that's all. So
1: a good one. Um, so you brought up good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like is there, is there bad music?
2: Like, okay.
0: Yes, there there is, There's
2: right? Bad music. There's, bad There's, music. There's ba- absolutely there. bad music. All right, There's well, who are you all music.
1: thinking that's bad? Like, who's the first person that comes to mind when I say bad music?
0: Oh, Jackson's really thinking. Um, I'm thinking, like,
1: because uh, <laughs> it's good to somebody.
0: Is but it that doesn't though? Mean
2: it's good. That doesn't mean it's good though. <laughs> there are things that are good to some people. I was
0: gonna say there's objective good.
2: Right. Yes. There's objective good. Yeah. Okay, who who defined that? The the music god society. Literally music theory. Like music, there is a whole there is a whole literal school devoted to like good music. Like that exists.
1: Right, so neither of you have told me who's the first person who comes to your brain as bad music.
2: The first one that comes to my brain is like Lil Pump, but I'm trying to think of somebody outside of that genre.
0: Okay, well, that's correct.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, though, because I think pop music, I'm so sorry, I'm about to absolutely nerd out for a second here. Please, please. Pop music doesn't really allow for people to make bad music. Because pop music is just purely music theory based, like it is structurally sound. It is not always unique, and it is not always like groundbreaking. But it is never bad, because that's not really part of the genre. The genre is to just appeal to the masses, um, and so you can't have you can't have a bad pop song. Like I hate some pop songs, but they're not bad. But other genres, you like can have bad music because. They are not overly invested in, in Appealing to the masses And so they are given the opportunity To sort of push the boundaries Is what I would say um, So yeah.
0: yeah I can't think of any
2: bo- bad pop artists
0: <laughs> No because I feel like That's the reason that they are pop I don't know Exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're perfect. They're, like, they are literally the cookie cut. Like, there is nothing yes. to dislike about them.
0: No. Like, even Happy by Pharrell is just one that comes to mind. Like, oh, God, Phenomenal. it's...
2: <laughs> Phenomenal. but terrible. Terrible. Wanna...
0: Awful at the same time, but, like, it's fantastic. Yeah. it's Absolutely. It... So... Yeah, uh, Jess, but we'll get back to you. Pump on, yeah, little pump is terrible. Little terrible. Yeah, you
1: got to think about that. Because, I, I,
0: will, I will come back to you about it. There are, exist.
1: My first thought was "Friday" by Rebecca Black. That was my <laughs> first bad music that came into my brain. Um,
0: like, but, see now, but see, I think we should. I think we need to think back to like pop. Because is I, that not like a pop song? Was she not? trying to appeal to the masses with that song. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah.
1: I, it, she the, failed. I, if someone could fail, it was a production. It, did she, she
0: fail? Cause
2: you know, all of the words. You're right. She, I guess she didn't fail. She, I, I guess you're totally right. I've played myself on. You played yourself, but it's okay. It's pop music. Pop music is to play. Like that is what it is. And some of it is phenomenal. Some like yes. Sawayama is an artist who I just heard about. One of my friends told me, She's phenomenal. Amazing. I with that album. Incredible. I'm a huge fan of Britney Spears, free Britney. Oh, free, Britney. free Britney, Britney. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm a monster for Gaga. Like phenomenal, groundbreaking artist, but for the most part, none of it is bad. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: But
1: so then, like different genres then have, I, I mean, different standards, I guess. Yeah, I
2: would yes. say so.
1: Absolutely. I
0: would, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Did you want to like elaborate on that, Jackson? I feel like you, yeah. I feel like you were going to say something and I.
2: Oh no, you're totally fine. Um, I was talking, so I was talking to my barber actually last week, my barber and I talk about music sometimes and he's an old head. So he's very much like, you know, I don't like this new stuff. And I'm like, of course he don't like this new stuff. Like, do you even <laughs> know this new stuff? Um, and he was like, you know, it's all just sort of like the same thing. And I was like, I felt the same way. I used to be an absolute music snob. And then I was a horrific music purist. And now I think I am recovering from that and I'm like much more open-minded. But I used to be adamant about my dislike of Young Thug. I used to think he was drivel, truly the epitome of rap's downfall. And now I'm, I truly believe Young Thug is like a savant. Like I think he's a musical genius. And you know, the mumble rap genre is, oh gosh, I think if 16 year old me heard this, you would throw up, but like mumble rap is, is so, it is well done. It's not for me all the time. It's not for everybody all the time, but it's very well done because it focuses just on sonic enjoyment the whole way through. And what that does is it allows for some people like Young Thug who just like know how to make something sound good, like absolutely blow up. But it also does leave room for people like Low Pump who are dumb, who are just very dumb and can just go into a beat and truly mumble and say the same five words for however long and that sells because like that genre supports that. And so I think there are people in each aspect, each subgenre of a genre that will probably take advantage of the e- the ways that it is easy to succeed in that subgenre and they are not themselves good at it because they are not themselves invested at the underlying motivation of it but there are people in that genre who are phenomenal at it. Like Young Thug is true, like truly I have, I have converted <laughs> to being a Young Thug fan. It is crazy. So that's what I would say. Is that like, yeah, that's what I will say.
0: Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, do we think Lil Pump knows what he's doing? You know, like, but is
2: AR people do,
0: mm.
2: you know, they know, like they know what he's doing. But Lil Pump is an idiot. <laughs> an absolute moron like oh my gosh he's he doesn't know what's happening right in the world around him
0: yeah yeah because i'm just i'm also trying to think about like other other genres now and like what jackson how do you
1: feel about country music i just got it.
2: know how infamous you, question I, I was
0: actually gonna bring up country music
2: how do i think about country music so <laughs> i will preface that by saying my mother loves country music so I've heard a good amount of country music, and I've heard more than just the James D. That is a person. James Good Aldi. job. There it is. I was going to say James Earl Jones, who I think <laughs> was the voice of Mufasa. Um, so I, I know of, like, old school country music. It's one of my friends that co- at work, like, also listen to, like, Bluegrass or whatever. Oh, God. Um, which is to say, look, it's not for me um i can appreciate it i think my biggest thing with country music is that i i get very sort of like idealistically annoyed that genres like country music and rock are allowed to just sort of exist and be listened to by like middle-aged white dads but those same middle-aged white dads would be like i hate jay-z i'm sorry (laughs) i didn't mean to make them southern but like i hate jay-z and Cardi B is, you know, it's like, it's the same thing, but one of them has an accent and one of them has a banjo and the other one doesn't. So whatever, like, that's cool. Everybody do their own thing. Country music is not for me. I don't really like the way that country music is able to get away with the same thing that like other genres do not,
0: but it's cool. Right. Abs- I mean, absolutely. Because, you know, if you had like a rock song or a rap song or like an indie alternative song that was, solely about drinking beer in a truck with a girl
2: and there are many there are many i'm not gonna lie rap music yeah. has many of those johns for sure
0: no absolutely and and yeah but i i, I don't know i feel like in every country song like it's kind of you shoot a dart on a board and that's like okay red solo cup um <laughs> Chicken, beach yep. chair, t- sand, like, and I feel like every country song you just like spin the wheel or like throw a dart and you like see what it lands on and, and that's it. it. And that's it.
1: My country playlist is entitled Beers, Trucks, and Love.
0: <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. And power to you for that. Yes, because that's what it is. <laughs> Lindsay and I
1: listen to country for like four hours straight on a road trip.
0: We do that's and a lot. It is. It was a lot, but I, I do like country, like in certain weather, I feel like it's just, it's got a good tune, like a good upbeat kind of thing, it's, it, I'm not listening to it because I think it's the best lyrically written pieces of music that I could ever listen to, like that's right. not, like, you know, it's like, oh, this makes me feel good because it reminds me of drinking Beer on a beach in the sun.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and that's all it has to be, you know. Exactly. And I get that. I get that. Yeah. It. It's just not for me. No, and me. yeah, I. Agree. It kind of
1: felt like it wasn't for you, but I just had to. I just had to be sure <laughs> that my guess was correct.
2: I've tried many times to let it be for me. Like truly, yeah. I've worked on that in myself, and it just hasn't, it hasn't <laughs> happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I also used to be like a music snob for a while, and I was like, <laughs> country, don't laugh at me, Jessica. I was like, country is terrible. I don't know why anyone listen to country, and then my friends like put together like 15 songs on a playlist and they were like, here, listen to these country songs. And because it's country pop, like, exa- right. like I liked it.
2: It's right there. It's, it's right on. there.
0: So, you know,
1: I, I... all right. Another, another, my brain's like having lots of little thoughts. Um, So it was just because we talked about country. I was just thinking Jackson, I don't know if you heard about Morgan Wallen. I was, the... was going to bring that up. Go ahead, Jessica. Morgan, so tell me. Morgan Wallen is, like a like probably the newest hit on the country scene like okay young he wasn't i don't know if you're on tiktok at all but oh absolutely okay so he was the man if you remember in the fall he was the man who was appearing on all the alabama sorority tiktoks because he was like running around university of alabama hooking up with college girls during a pandemic
2: I was on Alabama sorority TikTok. Yeah. Oh,
1: you missed out. So <laughs> Morgan Wallen. Can I run? ask how old he is also? Um, that's a great question, Lindsay. I feel like. Or you he... said he was running around with college girls. So I just. I'm looking um, him
2: up right now because I've never heard of him. You're
1: going to see what I'm going to tell you about. So Mueller, Morgan, he's that. 27. So right in our age group. Okay, great.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so <laughs> he recently within. So he just released like his like platinum bajillion album. Just Word. like. People are obsessed with him. People are obsessed. He's like the newest big. He's like probably the next Thomas Rhett-esque guy.
2: Um, who's Thomas Rhett?
1: Oh, <laughs> he's another very famous
2: country guy. Okay. Good to know. Gotcha. I'm with you.
1: Okay. So Morgan Wallen um, is gets really drunk at a bar and his neighbors take a video and he's he coming home and he uses the N word. Um, yum and they posted you say yum I'm i did
2: my absolute favorite oh my gosh keep it going
1: <laughs> so so country music then like th- this video comes out on tmz and country music is like up in arms and it's right. like you know they pull him from everything like right. Spotify removes him from all the you know the playlists, like, the big playlists they curate, you know, right. the Country Music Awards is, like, no more for you. We're taking your album off.
2: Absolutely. Um.
1: So my, my question in this story is, like, you know, when artists do something like that or other situations that artists around the world have m- made bad decisions, like, I can right. call myself out when Justin Bieber had his, like, drug-fueled crazy years. I was, was still – I was believing through and through. and. Right. But, like, does the artist's actions impact their music, like, in our, like, ability to listen to it? Or, like, right. our ability to, like, support? Because they're making money every right. single time we listen to them on Spotify or wherever you listen. So, you know, do we have some kind of obligation to think about the artist's actions? Or is their mm-hmm. art kind of separate from who they are? That's such a good question.
2: Is, so you're asking me if we can separate art from the artist? Is that what you're asking me?
1: Like, kind of like kind of. when something like, like, like yeah, when like, something like this happens. But my thought is like, okay, well, there's t- he's making money. He's making right. millions of dollars every day off of his album on Spotify. Right? Can yes, can you? Does that exist?
2: I I don't think you can separate art from the artist. Is my is my quick short answer. Um, I do think you can listen like if it's an artist like a musical artist. Like, for instance, I listen to Michael Jackson's music. I do not listen to Chris Brown music. The definitive difference between the two, I was going to say one of them is black. But the real reason (laughs) is is that one of them is dead. Um, And that's because my listening to the music, you know, no longer actively supports them. Um, I got into this conversation with someone over the summer with, like, the Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion drama. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, I guess there's two schools of thought. There's one idea that, like... Artists put on a persona, and what they do in the public is not actually who they are. There's another idea that, like, who they are in the public is who they are actually in reality. In either situation, like, in one situation, they are doing what they think will sell. In one situation, they are just being themselves. But in neither situation is the presence of, like, a bad thing, like, okay. Because either you think it's okay to support, either you think people really buy into bad things and you're like, let me continue to help people buy into bad things. Or this is really who you are and you just kind of are able to get away with it for whatever reason. I mean, I think it's hard. I don't really believe in line in the sand arguments. So I can't say that I have truly parsed out this argument because to say that you can't separate art from the artist is to say then that Like, at its natural extension, you couldn't listen to someone who, like, lies. But then at that point, we're deciding what is admissible and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think this, like, the band-aid argument that I've come up with is that it is fair to assume that people have access to a set of socially acceptable wrongs. And you should not forgive wrongs that are considered not socially acceptable, but then you run into the argument where someone can be racist a hundred years ago. And now, and I don't necessarily think that it is a case that someone can be racist a hundred years ago and you can be like, well, they're still a good person because relative to the time that was socially acceptable. So it's still something I'm working through. I don't know. I don't have, I don't personally have a right answer. I do think that we should trend towards not separating art from the artist and like make informed decisions about when we're letting things slide. I mean, I think the thing with him, though, is it's like, I don't know. Is he the only white country singer who says the N-word when they're drunk at a bar? Like, you were telling the story, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a story where he says the N-word at a bar. I'm like, you know, is this not just the country world trying to quickly make up for a lot of things that they've done? I think that might be a, a, the main conversation, is, like, fixing the culture so that these things don't happen, as opposed to, like, you know, it's it's very much a treating the symptoms versus treating the sickness type thing, I guess is what I would say to that.
1: Yeah. I I agree with you. Cause Chris Brown's another great example. Like I have a really good friend who like, obviously does not condone his actions, but she's Mm -hmm. always loved his music. Right. And, and they still, I mean, they play him on the radio. He's made, he's made millions since that, what happened with Rihanna. And so, and like, sometimes I get in my like conscience where I'm like, am, am I being like conscious to the world if I'm supporting people who have made, Chris Brown is a really great example, like who have done something so horrible. Right. And you know, like, because it is like money talk, like our, our money talks, what we, right. you know, a lot of my, my, like my mom always reminds me like, what you do with your dollar is, like, what has the impact. Like, you right. can say you, like, don't like something you bash them on the internet, but if you're actively using your dollar, like, in another way to benefit something better. So,
0: I think I think I agree with you. It's tough. N- yeah, it is tough. And I'm, I'm going to third the agreement, you know, because, like, right off the top of my head when we kind of talked about this immediately, R. Kelly came to my head, and I was like, uh, like, there – And you know, his, his music, the music that some of these people put out uh, like has is generational. And
1: how many times have you heard ignition at a party? Like like a
0: a million times. And like, I've deleted off all my playlists. And like, there was a new year's playlist last year, obviously not this year because we were in a pandemic and someone put ignition on and I immediately like deleted off the collaborative Spotify playlist. I was like, we don't play R Kelly in this house, but it's just, it's, I, I think I think it's hard to separate because I'm just gonna agree with you know both the points that Justin Jackson made. It's just it's
2: yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's absolutely tough. Chris Brown is also like it is baffling to me that people still listen to Chris Brown because he did it twice. Like he did it two times. Like at least like maybe you are of the mind that like if someone truly you know repents and has remorse, like okay two times and also like i remember watching back when on demand used to be a thing like on comcast um <laughs> th- there was this one little bit that would like play over and over again and it was chris brown being like yeah i'm never gonna curse like that's just not who i am like, i want to make sure all my music is clean and like i see him now and i'm like these are two different men these are two different men You like this? You can't even say that you are listening. You love Chris Brown for the old Chris Brown because the the old Chris Brown is dead. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's gone. It's gone. So I don't know. That one's particularly interesting to me. But you're right, Lindsay. Like it is generational music. It is. Ignition is unfortunately a historical song.
0: It 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 it,
2: it it just is like it is present now. We shouldn't listen to it, but like we shouldn't listen to it. Pause. Period. And it is been present for so long. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So
2: yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. Music man. (laughs) Um that I mean I think this conversation could go on for several more hours and I'm so interested. And maybe we could make a part two of this episode because I think there are even still stuff on like the outline that we didn't even touch upon that I think I would love to get to. Um but I think for now
1: I'll ask I'll ask our favorite guest yes, question. Yes. Go okay. so Jackson. You just talked about something you're super open about. Hmm. What are you working on being more open about?
2: What am I working on being more open about? You know it's crazy. You did say everyone struggles with it, and I was like, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I even had an answer when you asked when you told me that this would happen. And here I am having lost it. So <laughs> when I started going back to therapy in uh, like my sophomore, junior year of college, sometimes my therapist would ask me questions and I would answer it and he would look at me and he would say, Jackson, you just talked for a minute, but you said nothing. (laughs) And I realized that I have gotten really good at answering questions without giving any information. Like my therapist would be like, how was your week? And I was like, oh, you know, it was fine. Some things happen and I'm like doing okay, but like, it was tough. It wasn't too bad. Like I'm chilling now, but I had some tough times like on Thursday, but like it's Friday now, so I'm fine. So anyways, it was like a good week and I had completely tricked myself into thinking that I had answered this man's question and I'm working on that with my partner right now because like, I'm, I'm trying to break out of those habits so that I can just like say things. So I guess I would be more open. I'm working on being more open just about like day to day facts And just like telling people about what's going on in my life because some people ask me questions and they genuinely want to know the answers to them. So I'm being more open about just the facts of myself, the regular, regular, mundane facts of myself.
1: That is a fabulous answer.
2: Yes, love that. And I
1: also feel like this has really been a plug for people to go to therapy. You heard it. It's not just Lindsay and I who love therapy. Other people (laughs) love therapy too. Therapy is huge.
0: And it's been woven in. This wasn't even intentional, so that's right. doubly, doubly amazing. Um,
1: Thank you so, so much for coming on, Jackson. Yeah, this this has fun. been. I'm gonna think
2: about these and start texting you my thoughts randomly. <laughs>
0: I think we should start a group chat because.
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm down to talk about music. I really appreciate y'all letting me just come on here and ramble. This has been fun. I really no, enjoyed it.
0: you were not rambling. You were like spitting facts. Like I. Everything you're saying, I was like snapping my fingers silently over here. I was like, "Yes, yeah, keep going." Jackson,
1: do you want to plug your Spotify? I'm just no, saying. I did
2: not. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Well, if any of you Nancy Drews find it, you have to. Let, it's like a scavenger hunt. They might scavenger.
2: find it. What you will win is a look <laughs> just like some sad songs. That's what you'll win. So, but yeah, that's
1: fun. All right. Well, thanks for coming.
0: Yes,
2: we Thank really you. appreciate
0: you. I don't know how to start the ending. Wow, that was wasn't that great, Jess. Fantastic. Ah!
1: <laughs> 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 Lindsay, wow. Just spectacular commentary you had this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get when you record after
0: work. <laughs>
1: Guys, Lindsay took one day off and she had ninety four unread emails. Yeah, it was too many.
0: I would say one too many. Like if it were ninety three, I would have been okay, but ninety four is too much. Just put you over the edge. I'm
1: okay, Thanks so much for listening, uh, friends. Um, we're so happy, um, to have episode two out and to have had like a really great conversation. Um, and so I'll get I'll get the sp- Lindsay. You could give the spiel.
0: Um, I don't have it memorized. Like you have it memorized. It's kind of creepy. Okay, okay, fine. So um, you can follow
1: us on Instagram at Sorry We're Open Podcast. Um, if you're interested in being a guest, DM us, smoke signal, text me, email at Sorry We're Open Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, you DM us, you might get to talk to our fabulous social media intern Lizzie, um, and she'll tell us you want to be a guest, which would be super fun. We still log on, but we're really letting Lizzie take the reins here. Um, yeah being a guest is BYOT bring your own topic
0: yeah yeah so uh see you next week maybe no I'm kidding definitely (laughs)